All right, everyone. Welcome to the first ever podcast of Moth Talk by Dean and Dad. This podcast is devoted to the coolness of moths. How are you doing today, Dean? Good. So, we'll be talking about the Picasso moth. Yes, you're right. We're going to talk about Picasso moth today. We're going to talk about some interesting moth facts, right? And just generally why moths are cool. Yeah. So, why don't we start there? Why are moths cool? Well, it's just that... Here's a cool fact about moths. All butterflies are moths, but no moths are butterflies. That's because moths evolved first, and butterflies are just another group of moths because butterflies are moths. and no, Because moths came first, and then a group of moths with differences from regular moths coexisted but then evolved differently and turned into the group of but things called butterflies mm, that's very interesting i bet a lot of people probably don't know that fact that's a good one yeah that's why we're putting on on moth talk right and also like we always say people always think moths are just brown and, and boring, boring right and there are so many day flying moths too and that when you really look at a moth, you'll notice that it's more like once I saw this moth on the window and like it was like light brown on the underside, then I caught it and looked at it and it had like all different shades of dark red, dark brown, light brown, a little ru- light brown, a little silver. So cool. Do not judge moths from the underside. Mm, that was a good lesson, like you said. Yes, mo- mm-hmm. if you see a moth on the window mm-hmm. and you only see the underside of its wings, do not think it's all that color. Right. Yeah, but moths are just as colorful as butterflies, right? And yeah. And great patterns, too. Yeah, and there's a moth that, like, and there's a moth that I once saw on the window. I don't really know what kind it is. I have it in one of my books, but anyway, so it's is like a few inches wingspan and it's just this and it's a classic moth shape and it's just like bright green and it's just really cool yeah moths are cool so i was thinking one thing we could talk about is um how to maybe catch some moths in your in your own backyard so here's some things so, th- there are some things to plant butterfly plants, which also attract moths and get a butterf- an insect net or a butterfly net to catch the moths, or you could put up a black light sheet, and, or you could paint your trees with a special sweet liquid that moths like to drink that's like their Mm -hmm. food as adults nectar and well so you could also set out a moth trap it's mostly egg cartons inside a bucket with a funnel and 
some LED black light strips. Yeah, you're right. I think it really worked well for you this yeah, year, didn't it? Yeah, and it's in. It's very, very, very important to know that you can put out your moth traps in winter because spanworm moths are able to fly in winter. Wow. Just this year. So, and they'll be extra welcome to fly into the trap because it's a nice warm place they can snuggle up and get warmer with a little light so it doesn't get too dark. Mm, that's interesting. How many moths do you think you caught at one night? We, at the most, we can catch like 30 moths each night at the most. That's pretty amazing. Sometimes we even catch like 38, like a lot of moths. And I always find snout moths. And it's like every day, it's like when you wake up and and Christmas morning and notice it's Christmas morning and you have a surprise of seeing presents under the tree. It's like that when you wake up and you've realized you put out the moth trap last night and you go out and each moth is like a present, except it's like temporary, but then the next night you catch a whole lot more of moths and then and it's just like, that's why we put it out every night so that we can like see moths every night. Yeah, that day, sounds like a lot of fun. Every morning, like, it's like, so. Do you remember any of the moths that you caught? Any snout moths or any other kinds so of moths? So we catch a lot of snout moths. And sometimes we catch dart moths. My favorite dart moth is the Ypsilon dart mm-hmm. moth. Very cool. Once we caught this one that had like woodish patterns. Like it mm. like probably blends in with like, it looked like construction on mm-hmm. wings. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's pretty amazing. So, so, next, we can just talk about, like, Picasso moths. Yeah, because remember we were saying how moths aren't just brown and boring, right? And Picasso moths are very colorful. With a... Their their hind wings are just, like, pale or white, Mm -hmm. but then their forewings are so colorful. They're... They have a background of white with black stripes on the tip, and they have some little dots of blue and of gray blue. And then they have a green and red sort of eye spot, and then they have yellow streaks, and then they have little black dots on their upper body and wings is so cool. Yeah, like you said, and they're obviously named for Pablo Picasso, the famous painter, right? So, yeah. They're so colorful and yeah. have interesting lines, right? And they are from the area of like Northeast India and Southeast yeah. Asia, right? They're pretty yeah. small, wingspan of 1.75 inches, right? So, yep. yeah, that's important to know because you don't want to expect like a 10 foot wingspanded moth on your on your window if you're like in 
North America or something, like, that's not something to expect. Like, because they're small moths that live in, like, mm-hmm. India and Asia. Do you recall if they're nighttime or daytime moths? Do you remember? They are nocturnal, mm-hmm. yeah. like most moths. But a lot of moths are still flying in the daytime. But a lot of times they're found not at night, but in the day, lying around and resting in weird places. <laughs> yeah. That is interesting. And I, I did note that their species is the hygroglyphia, which is like hieroglyphics, right? Because yeah. interesting shapes and geometric lines. patterns and lines yeah. on them. Yeah, that's interesting. And I think that, like, it's funny how you always find big, plump, nocturnal moths lying around in weird places in the daytime. <laughs> it's so weird that they can even fly. And they never want to, f- and when they're on my hand, they never want to, like, fly off it from, like, a height, and they only want to fly off the ground. And when, and they just fall mm-hmm. when they try to fly uh, off my hand. When they just cling on, then they fall even if they spread out their wings and try to flap. It's like they can only fly if, if they aren't at a, an appropriate height that would help them g- catch air. It's like they're, they have to have things that are bad for flying to fly good. Mm-hmm. And it's I'm surprised they even can't fly. Right, right. <laughs> Interesting. So one other thing I was going to mention was in the winter time, right? We just took a trip to the Hershey Butterfly Atrium, yeah. and maybe we can talk a little bit about what did we see there, moth-wise. So we saw some atlas moth cocoons. Mm-hmm. Atlas moths are huge. Yeah, well, like what's the wingspan on an atlas moth? Usually ten inches, but oh on average, but it's on the biggest one foot. Also, the widest wingspanded moth in the world is the white witch with a wingspan of 13 inches! Seriously, 13 inches. That's crazy. That's like a bird. Yeah, like, you know? Yeah, that that's is amazing. Like, that is like. That is like the wingspan of a robin. Like, hey, one thing I heard you say, right? The atlas moth, we saw the cocoons, right? And that's one thing that you were telling me about, right? But moths have cocoons, butterflies have chrysalis, right? Different, they're different. Chrysalises. And moths spin different layers of <laughs> silk and then they shed their skin and it hardens inside but with butterflies they just shed their skin and it just hardens exposed mm. so moths are safer okay so they can be like a tougher tougher cocoon huh? but usually in atriums for you to see them come out right so they are so you don't have to wait as long they cut open the silk things so that the moths just come out and atlas moths are like so the first time mm-hmm. that i ever went to the beige butterfly atrium we had some there were some atlas moths in a little cage so this brings us to how to raise butterflies and moths mm-hmm. it's just 
you take there are these little butterfly tent things then you take some caterpillars off a host plant usually like you could buy them but we usually but if you're buying them just buy the cocoons because Mm -hmm. or the chrysalises Mm -hmm. do not buy the caterpillars they are a lot of work you just have to keep them in a container that's just right and you have to keep feeding them fresh leaves every day boy do they devour it that is why trust me if you are not an expert on raising caterpillars just buy the cocoons Mm -hmm. or if it's a small host plant take it inside the little butterfly tent it just yeah and then but make sure you have some sort of branch or something inside for the cocoons or chrysalises to hang on and hatch and dry their wings off of it takes one hour to dry for them to dry their wings but when you're watching them it seems like they dry their wings faster but then their wings are fully pumped up but then they have to dry them Mm, right right true and their wings are still sort of damp with the first flight so it usually doesn't succeed very well right but with owl butterflies they don't really move much Mm. they they just stay in one place sucking fruit juice right well hopefully next time we'll get back to the hershey butterfly atrium and those and we'll see some atlas moths live yeah the cocoons were huge too yeah that was pretty impressive yeah pretty amazing but pretty cool place if you get a chance to go yeah it's a pretty cool place to visit but it's hot inside right and last time we saw a malachite Mm. and like we saw paper kites Mm mm-hmm Malachites are so pretty and green. Yeah, they have owl butterflies, right? Yeah. Blue morphos, crazy. Yeah, crazy common morphos. Yep. Awesome stuff. So, but it's very hot in there. So be prepared. It was like eighty-seven degrees. Right? It is eighty degrees <laughs> and eighty percent humidity. Yeah. So that was. A That's why the butterflies are more active than in real life. Mm-hmm. That they would be. Yep. So because yeah, that was fun. But they made it hotter and more humid for like because butterflies and moths like hot and humid temperatures so they would be more active Mm -hmm. yep yep all right so so this is taking us away from the picasso that's right we got to get back to moths right we got a little off the track there but that's okay fun stuff but yes picasso moth right we talked about it very colorful um you know it's uh giving us again that idea that moths aren't just brown and gray and, and boring right it's a very exciting moth so what do we have left let's see well another fact i see it was discovered by frederick moore in 1882 so it's been you know people have been seeing possum moth a long time it's pretty rare uh, it's a small moth but it is exciting to see but i think i think that's what we had about to talk about the Picasso moth and it might be it for our episode today what do you think yeah they're they might be pretty rare but Mm -hmm. like people have so many pictures of them because if they are there Mm -hmm. they're so easy to spot yeah and they're very cool cool. Mm -hmm. cool. well i would say thanks for joining us today on sort of our micro podcast about moths called moth talk
write um, and you can, you know, um, give us a subscribe, rate and review and uh, hopefully you like our podcast and we'll see you next time. And this is just...